G'day, mate. What's your name? My name is Rebecca Dainamuno. Rebecca Dainamuno. And what do you do, Rebecca? I am a comedian, a voiceover artist, and a radio presenter. G'day guys, Andrew Barnett back with another episode of Crowdworkcast. Uh, my guest today, Rebecca Dayunamuno, uh, who is an absolute champion. You've probably heard her on uh, ABC Radio over the years. Um, she's also an amazing improv and stand-up comedian and uh, generally just a good hang. Uh, this was a really, really fun chat. Uh, yeah, and I probably will have Beck back on more because I don't feel like I even scratched the surface with all the stuff she's done. So, uh, yeah, cracking episode. If you'd like to follow Beck, uh, find out where you can go see her live, etc. Uh, she's on Twitter at Rebecca Dayunamuno and uh, on Instagram, Day Numero, Numero Uno, uh, as in the number one. Uh, absolute uh, champion, great follow. Uh, as always, give me a follow at Andrew Barnett Comedy on Instagram, uh, Facebook, etc. Um, if you'd like to come see me, I actually have some dates to announce. Uh, I will be on the May 6th. A few people have asked me over the years, when am I coming to Brisbane? Well, Brisbane, May 6th, uh, I will be at the Underground Theatre as part of the Sydney Comedy Festival. I'll be doing my new show uh, called How Good on May 6th in Brisbane. Uh, those tickets not on sale yet, I don't think, but check uh, Brisbane Comedy Festival website uh, for the details. I'll also be doing Sydney Comedy Festival on the 20th and 21st of May. I'll be performing in the Enmore Comedy Club, uh, which is part of the Enmore Theatre. So uh, come along and see that. That's my brand new show, How Good. Other than that, um, just look out for other dates on my socials and wherever. But let's crack on with today's episode. This is Rebecca Dayunamuno. So in that order, is that how you consider yourself? Comedian first? Um, yeah, I would say comedian first because it was kind of the first thing that I was sort of, I was always doing comedy. That was what I was always sort of doing and it led to all of the the other things. Um, voice work is, is it, people go, what, when you say I'm a voice, voice artist? People, I get jealous because that <gasps> is one of my dream gigs. Like I, I love, because I do a little bit of radio at the moment and I, I do love when, you know, you, oh, you got a got live ad read, boys. And I'm like, oh, here we go, yeah. deep voice. <laughs> if you need work, where? Like I yeah. love that stuff. Yeah, it's unreal. And, and it's really interesting because um, you get the script sort of, you get it when you arrive. To the job like you don't get it beforehand yeah. so there's no prep work and so you're like oh huh. so you just got to have all these like thousand voices come to you in oh. an instant and they go oh it's a bit sort of and when I did my very first voiceovers it was on um Triple J and they would um tell me to do it on a Yana scale like Yana Vent was oh, still wow. popular back then so they would say this is like a, a 9.5 on the Yana scale a Yana scale that's a that is a goal to get to that <laughs> like where you are a scale a that scale. other people work by that's right that's outstanding yeah i um yeah i i've done one audition and you know what i loved about voiceover auditions and i don't know if i should say this on the podcast because it'll make comedians <laughs> all want to do them is you get paid for the audition you go in and then because i don't know it's, it must be unionized or something it but is. it is a good deal it is like it's i mean it's not crazy money or anything but yeah you, they they pay you for your for, and actually for an hourly rate it's 
lovely money. Yeah, and and they also pay you like you do a thing called submissions. So like that, you know, the ag- agency will come up with an idea for an ad, mm. and then they'll get um, someone, say myself, to to do a version of it, and then they send that to the client, and the client says either yes or no to the ad based on how you've done it. Oh, wow. And so that's for TV and radio. So I've seen, you know, ads on TV where I've gone, oh, hey, I did the submission for that. So you still get paid for just being the test voice for something. And then if it works in your favour, the best one is when they go, actually, we really like that voice. We'll keep you. So you get paid again to record so it that's the, the And that's the double dip. Yeah, that's the double dip. We oh, love a double dip. I love a double dip. <laughs> Rarely happens in comedy. Oh, I tell you, yeah. You, you don't even really get to do the same material too many no. times. <laughs> like, not at the same place. No. Same audience. They're like, nah, mate, seen it. <laughs> That's um, Yeah, so what is the key? Because I, I found really hard the auditioning. One, I had a like a agency bloke mm-hmm. over through one window mm-hmm. and through the other window, I got the engineer and the, yeah. I don't know who the other guy was, but lovely blokes. Yeah. But the instructions, okay, yeah, we just need that uh, little... We just need like thirty percent more energy. I'm yeah. like, how do? What, yeah. Huh? Yeah. I, I don't know. How I know, and the, I say energy. something like, um, a bit more smile in your voice. Yes, that's a big note. You always get a bit more smile, and it's so funny because people you hear people would hear that who don't do it and go, what? What? What does that mean? But it does make a difference. Like if I'm doing a read like this, and then suddenly I do a read like this, it does change your voice. It does. It yeah. makes it brighter instantly. I but, find that even in um, well, because when you're smiling too, the the intonation changes yeah. everything like yeah. you can hear that like it's i think we pick up more than we realize as mm-hmm. as humans we're conditioned to pick up more than we realize with that stuff but i find even now if i'm going on if i've had a like a rough day or if i'm tired or whatever and i'm going to do a set somewhere i've started to realize that uh, there's a chunk of my material that unless i go out smiling and really mm-hmm. it doesn't fly yeah, yeah and yeah. it's this thing where sometimes if i'm if i'm not like, you know, I'm a bit tired or whatever before. I, I'll now sit and remind myself and do that psycho thing where you look in the mirror and smile. And, hey, all right, here we go. Showtime. Got the showtime. That's that great scene in, um, have you seen the film All That Jazz? No. And it's about Bob Fosse, the choreographer, yeah. who did all the major shows. Um, and there, uh, and it's no, I was I'm always get it wrong. It's not, it's not the comedian bad film guy, Rob Schneider. It's Roy Schneider. Yeah. Anyway, he plays him and he does this whole thing. Where Roy Schneider as... As, as in, in Jaws. Um, Jaws. Jaws and um, what was the deep sea? There was a show where they, they were a science group under... It was like Star oh, Trek yeah. under the ocean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Him, him. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, not yeah. the other dude. <laughs> yes. Not the other Schneider. But he does this thing where he looks in the mirror and he he, he does like a, a line of cocaine or something and then just goes, it's showtime. And that's always uh, what's yes. in my... Not the line of cocaine, but the yeah. sh- it's showtime bit is like... It happens... You have to do it sometimes, don't you? Yeah, you've had a long day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the contract. Yeah. Okay, we just need, uh, for this VO, we just need like six, 60% more Coke. Just Coke it up, please. This read. I'm sure there's been many an actor over the times, not in voice work, obviously, but it's just gone, that's what they need to get the yeah. performance. Oh, mate, there's there's probably even in, in voice work, I often think of that, you know, when you get the terms and conditions at the end? Yeah. That's probably, oh, that's, they are okay, some of the, now yeah. I'll bump and do some terms and conditions They are some it. of the hardest things. I've had to do those at the end, and my goodness, that's some of the hardest things to do. Because because they've got to be precision. Yeah, too. yeah, and they can't, and you can't speed it up to the point that it sounds ridiculous. Like mm. you can't, and and they'll say we literally have four seconds to get this in. Now, this is the other thing that um, 
blew my mind in the in those like auditions is okay you're at 94 seconds we needed at 90 Mm -hmm. okay and where do you shave before and like okay just do it again but just get get, you're four seconds over so just get it to nine i'm like have you got a clock for me to look at i know i I know you just got to get and and, but what's great is i've always said that i want to have a sound editor follow me around in life just to cut out all the extraneous like crap that you do in your day that just go oh we'll just cut it we'll just take out a few breaths here they yeah, say yeah. we'll just do all this and you're just going i need you in my life to just take some air out can of you it just take, pick up the messes as i go through oh, my day how good would that be? that would be the best and a soundtrack guy i want a soundtrack guy that also you know um follows me around and just scores the mood i'm in or my day yes just for, as you get on the bus you know it's the bus is packed can't get a seat just a really it's, sad mournful tone place yeah. and you feel like you're in your own film <laughs> yeah, yeah like it's one of those yeah like it's just a little camera crew just following just me just following me around i'm yeah, the protagonist yeah. <laughs> that's um yeah that'd be great having them just cut the you know like you know you know where you um you know where the the person at the counter asked you what you wanted and you yeah paused for an abnormally long amount of time just okay we're gonna cut we're just gonna take the air out of that yeah, and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just go just yeah, roll. Go. so it just, just makes roll. life smooth i'd love yeah. it i'd love it just give me an edit point in this conversation <laughs> yeah, and then we can right. move on and could we speed this up please yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i um the so how did the voice work come around um it was it was interesting it was it's a funny story which is related to comedy funnily enough it was um, Gary Eck kind of is is sort of instrumental in getting me into it. We did a, um, a, a CD. We did a Tropfest film that was all voices. So his mate, um, Lee Perry, who's like, he'd be the top voice artist in this country. He's amazing. Yep. And he does exceptional character voices. And he could imper- he can impersonate sort of like Keanu Reeves, you know. Oh, wow. Arnold Schwarzenegger, a whole bunch of people. And so Gary did this Tropfest film, which was shot. You didn't see anyone's heads. Like, it was all sort of, you know, body shots and stuff and all voiced as these famous people. And he got me in to voice a role. And so I worked with Lee on that. And then we did a CD where he could do, it was called Hollywood Motel, Aria nominee, um, uh, <laughs> but so many years ago, so many years ago. And so Gary I, has the most interesting ideas uh, like so that, doesn't he? So good. And then so it was this Hollywood Motel, which, uh, which was where all these Hollywood stars were and everything. And so Lee could do all the voices. And I did um, Penelope Cruz and a couple of other uh, voices in it. And that's when Lee said to me, you could do this, you know. And I was like, what? And he goes, you should, you should be a voice artist. And I was like, oh, really? How do, like, how do you do it? And he's like, just get, like, you know, get a, a demo together, you know, and, like, come see my agent and everything. And so anyway, I, I went and saw his agent at the time and they knew of the CD because it was their client's work. Yeah. And they said, oh, that's you. Oh, great. And so they said, well, do you want to join? And oh, so I wow. said, okay. So I got a demo done and I paid to get the demo done and then I made that money back with my first job. So it was just one of those. Nothing in show business is ever that easy. It was ama- amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's always the thing you're not, you didn't think was a goal. Yeah. But you're like, oh, wow, this worked out and I love it. Yeah, exactly. And it's such good work. It's never boring. Like it's mm. always interesting. There's, it's a different job. You know, the one job, the most you'll do is like an audio book, which will be sort of a long-term one. Or if you have a contract, like I used to do the voiceovers for the comedy channel. Um, oh, really? Years ago. And so it was all the interstitials and all the lineups and everything. And that's great because it's a job every month because you yeah, have to go, nice. they change it. So if you get stuff like that, but it's still not boring because it's, it's changing. So it's, yeah, I love it. Do you, um? so where would, 
where do you work regularly now? Where people, where might people listening to this recognise? Where would they recognise? Well, at the moment, I've just finished doing a series of ads. They're not, they haven't gone to air yet, so I dare not um, say the name. Um, so the the um, online radio and TV. There'll be something Ooh, coming up. Um, nice. That's the, the that's the triple. Uh, that's the triple. That, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the triple. The triple pay. <laughs> exactly. And then the, and then the funny thing is too. I was doing um uh some audience warm up for I do audience warm up for Gruen and then they had this script and just went oh we need a voiceover someone just to do this voiceover and then they went hang on a second <laughs> like, yes I was there standing in the room could you do this so I've, I did a few of uh, just a couple of voiceovers for them through necessity uh, and yeah so at the moment there's no I'm no regular no oh. so no regular. did you ever do the ABC I remember I did I did fill in um. The woman that does the ABC lineups regularly uh, was sick one day, and so I got to do them. You know, oh. like coming up next, like tonight on ABC. Tonight on your ABC. Yeah, on your ABC. So I got to do that once, but I did do ABC for kids. Oh wow! I was a regular on that. That's probably the last. Go on, give us, regu- give, oh, us what, um, give us a taste. Um, you know, sh- um, so just relax and close your lids. It's quiet time on ABC Kids. Now, don't do that if you are driving while you're listening to this, but that's awesome. And then you'd have to do like, wait, it's the blood, you know, like. I think I remember, yeah, having this conversation when my kids were little and you were the voice of the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put your kids to bed. That was me. Oh, that was so good. I I needed you to record that so I could just play it in the middle of the day. Happy to do it anytime now. How old are they now? That won't work. Yeah, no, they're 12 and 14. They probably won't go for it. No, that won't work. That would have been so handy though. Middle of the afternoon. I don't know. The two B said. Yeah, you know, you've got to go. You, you better go. Do you go. remember there was on like? Do you remember on? Um, was it Newcastle Tel- like Win TV and Big stuff? Dog. Big Dog. Big do you remember Dog. Big Dog. I brought I... Big Dog up the other day, and people had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, Big Dog was Big Dog was Win, and then um, or oh, NBN. Ah, NBN. That's right. It. We didn't see because I. I moved to Newcastle when when I was sixteen. So big, but Big Dog was still around. Still around, yeah. But um, didn't really rule my life. Yeah. Um, I was allowed <laughs> oh, to really? ignore. I was allowed Imagine to ignore Imagine that big dog. an expose. Big Dog ruled my life. <laughs> yeah, mate, mate, you just turn the TV off because Big Dog was going to tell you what to do. Um, yeah, so we moved there. But I think when we were when we were down on the border, there was Prime Possum. That's uh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prime, Prime possum, possum maybe sent kids to bed. Not the, but Big Dog had the full pajama yeah, routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Dog going routine, to bed, yeah. and then had to cover, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cover the eyes of the suit because they don't close. <laughs> they don't close. <laughs> it's like Big Dog doesn't have eyelids, kids. This is terrifying. Sleep with both yeah. eyes open. <laughs> yeah. Big Dog couldn't have just slept like with his face in the wall or yeah, something yeah. like that where you yeah. didn't know if he had his eyes open. No, no, no. Put your hands over your eyes. Yeah, isn't that funny? But it's funny, isn't it, how like TV and stuff becomes like parenting. Well, it's not funny because I guess screens are so prominent in kids' lives. Oh, yeah. But how the TV execs go, actually, we need something to help parents get their kids to bed right now. And it makes – it does make a difference, mm. that sort of thing. I remember, yeah, there was – when my kids were little, yeah, that and that ABC Kids was just – some days just your saviour because you, you're being torn left, right and centre. And yeah. as much as, oh, I don't put the kids in front of the TV, the stuff that's on that is mostly just good. There's educational yeah, elements. There's not, yeah, like, it's yeah, not yeah. like they're throwing any random garbage yeah. on there. Yeah, so that's true. It was, um, it was helpful. That's All my friends now with young kids are all just raving about Bluey. Oh. Bluey is the... The thing. That's dream job. If I yeah. could get a role on that, that would just be check. 
done. That would yeah. be awesome. Did you do, used to do? Who did? Did you used to do a voice on? Um, what was his name? The Hoot. The oh end. yeah, yeah. On um, I was on Hoot Hoot Go. Yes. Which was the spin-off of um, Giggle and Hoot. Giggle and Hoot, yes. Yeah, and I played Hootaluna. <laughs> Hootaluna, I remember. Because I remember talking to you about this, like, yeah, when my kids were yeah, into that. Like, yeah. Yes, oh, man, that Hootaluna. That was Hootaluna. And, that was, and that, was, that was a really interesting job because it was a voiceover audition. So I had to record myself doing my version of the character. Go on, do it. <laughs> oh, gee. Okay, here we go. Greetings, our pals. It's me, Hotaluna, moon dancer extraordinaire. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> if I close my eyes, I can see that puppet. That is the best. Well, that's the thing, because then I uh, went, oh, I got the job. Yeah. I have to puppeteer now. And I'd never puppeteered in my life. Oh, so you had to puppeteer so as I well. I was puppeteering. Oh, it's, my. It's like very, like, because, you know, Sesame Street and all that, like, the and Jim Henson, like, it's all puppeteers these days. It's all yeah, yeah. that person. So I had to do, do um, and I had this puppet that was the heaviest puppet known to humankind because <laughs> it was so massive. It was, she was mm. just this round ball, but she had a helmet on and she had these shoes, but she also carried heaps of props. So she had yeah, like a like, suitcase and a mallet and you're having to hold all of that <laughs> and talk and manipulate the and get the camera angle right for the puppet and everything. Oh, oh my, I had to, they had to get a physio to come in. The ABC oh. paid for a physio to come in and check me over to make sure I was physically capable of doing the job. Wow. That is, yeah, that's, I wouldn't have ever considered that you had to do the mm. actual puppeteering as well. That yeah. is amazing. And it's so funny because I come from, you know, the background of being on television and they, they do um, final checks and I'm used to standing there and having somebody do my makeup yeah, yeah. and fix my wardrobe. And so I was, and then I went, and I just had to hold up the puppet. Run, run the lint brush over <laughs> the, the puppet. puppet. We'd have the lint brush and everything. It was all final checks for the puppet. Like, no. Uh, that's, I found it hard enough to know which camera to look at half the time anyway. When you've got multi, let alone trying to find it when, with a and puppet. And when you're looking, you to, yeah, because you're looking down at a monitor. Oh, so yeah. So you're behind like the set and everything and, you, and you're looking down at a monitor and you're having to get the eye line right from that angle but up oh, there. Wow. Yeah, wow. And cuz it's it's reversed too, isn't it? Mm. It's mirror. So and where so, you think you're going left, you need to and go And when right. you think you're still moving the mouth cuz of course you've got to move the mouth yeah. in the same way that you're talking and that like sometimes the mouth would be open and I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> it was a crash course. Just start little yeah. yawning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And they'd say, you know, cut. Okay, let's do that again. Eye line, eye line. Oh, eye yeah. line. How do you get a puppet that has no eyes, really eyes, <laughs> to look at the other? Like, yeah, it was. It's. It's. It was talk about being, you know, ambidextrous and having to do extraordinary things. Yeah, at that's once. way more coordination than I would have. Um, yeah. Like I, it, it, it's obvious, but it's yeah. something I'd never considered. And then it makes you look at people like you know those that do Sesame Street and stuff like that. And you look at like Carol Spinney who does Big Bird, and you yeah. think that is extraordinary what he was doing. That's crazy. It makes you appreciate the uber skills that they have. But yeah, I was <laughs> who's Luna? I thought, oh, the voice is fantastic, but you know. Oh man, that is. <laughs> have you ever done that? Like with that, like that Hooter Luna? Obviously, that's quite a. Uh, departure from your natural speaking voice. Mm, mm. Have you ever committed to one where you're like, I'll do this for an audition and then gone, oh, geez, I hope I don't have I don't to do it. that because yeah. that will kill my throat? Yeah, many times. And I've, when I did it the most was I used to do a live comedy show. It was called Open to Suggestion. 
and it was an improvised show, and I'd play three characters as determined by the audience. So oh, wow. I'd, I'd say, you know, what's you know a, a number between one and five, and what's a time of year? And then, you know, another suggestion, another suggestion, and that would determine the three characters I played. And I'd deliver a series of monologues as the three characters, and I'd ring a little um, desk bell on the stage to have a lights down, lights up to alternate between the characters. And then by the end, all three characters' lives have to somehow merge. If I chose an old, like an old person voice and I was like, man, at about the 25 minute mark of an hour long show, I'd be like, I'm The old person's I'm gonna done. die. The old person. I did That's that if, if I couldn't find a way for the, like, or if I hated a character, I just killed them off. That's so good. And then came back as the younger version of them and stuff. And I woke up and it was all a dream. It was all a dream. Oh, oh you know. Well, it's sad that I died, you know, last week, but here I am, 21-year-old me, to tell you about my <laughs> early years, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah, many times and I go, oh, because if you do, like especially if you're doing something that you can feel it, push on your vocal cords, you, yeah, you can oh, be screwed. Mm. Wow. That, I love <laughs> I love when people do different voices and that sort of stuff. It, it's so, um, yeah. Because yeah, especially a good impression, <laughs> that will oh. always... Because people sometimes now, like, I think sometimes in comedy, sometimes people are a bit cool for that. Like, it can be a bit, like, looked down on. But there's no one not laughing when it's done well. There's, there's, don't get me wrong, there's hack ways to do just about anything. But a good impression that's done well with some good, like, fodder, good comedy is... For me, that's one of those tricks I, that I'm I like, agree. oh, man, And I you're right. That. You're right how it's considered to be a bit sort of like, oh, that's a bit 80s style or something for some reason. Yeah. Like, because, yeah, I don't get Everyone that. Everyone pitches the 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 guy in the, the jacket with the sleeves yeah. half rolled yeah, up yeah, going, yeah, yeah, if yeah. Jack Nicholson <laughs> was at a motel <laughs> and they'd run out of toilet paper, it might look a little something like this. That's and they turn so around true. and get into the... where. <laughs> Whereas that part of it, I think, is that, but that's what you picture when you're oh, yeah. an impressionist. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I know. And because now that you've mentioned it, I'm like, who is there? Apart yeah. from SNL, like Saturday Night Live would have those that do characters, and you go, oh, that's that's a spot on whomever. Yeah. But that I can't recall. Can, I, have you seen anyone live? Right no, that's there's that? a couple of people on. Oh, no one live. There's a couple of good American guys online. I see their clips online. Yeah, there's a guy yeah, named yeah. J.L. Colvin who yeah. does a bunch of voices. Who does And he does a bunch of the guys at ESPN. And I saw this thing where he was going through the ESPN offices doing the voices Great. Great. at people in the office, Great. which is just good content. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, there's not, especially here. Like, yeah. I think there's more of them in the States yeah, where there's guys I think so. that do. I mean, like, you know, Simon Kennedy does an extraordinary Trump and Jonas mm. Holt does an amazing um, Abbott. Oh, Jonas Holt's Abbott. So was, good. I mean, no one was more upset than Jonas when Abbott got... <laughs> <laughs> but he's diversified. He's now doing others, which is great. He's, well, he's actually, so back Lawrence, on. Lawrence Mooney did... Oh, um, yeah. Uh, What's Turnbull. His name? Turnbull, mm. yes, mm. for a while. That's right. Which was another really spot on one. Yeah. But there's no one doing, like Jonas will do a, a is capable of doing a bunch of them, but mm. you don't, he, he, you see it, it's just part of his set where yeah. he'll do a couple yeah, of impersonations. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a, this, this is, is what the I only do. thing I yeah. do. Yeah. He does a good Russell Crowe too. Yeah, great. He's got a good, uh, good voice for that. Yeah. But yeah, no, there's not there's a nothing. lot of. Well, there's a, that's a, that's a hole in the market. Yeah, well, I wish I Although could Although I did see a younger comedian whose name escapes me at the moment, Liam, and his surname escapes me at the moment, do impressions. Liam, night. if you're watching, call in. <laughs> yes. We want to see you do it more. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do. Because I, yeah, that's. I think there is. There's something to it. There's but it's there. it's one of those things though. It's like there's there's all these things that you know get sort of put in the uncool pile for a little bit in comedy, mm-hmm. and it. But it because it's because it becomes that idea that this might be a bit hacked. But then you find someone who does it well mm. and is doing something different, mm. and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that we can do that again. That's, that's cool. right. And that just reminds me completely of improv, like because that's where I started. And when mm. I started doing improv, it was considered the poorer cousin of actors, and nowhere in the realm of like comedians. We weren't comedians. We were improv actors. Like it was this weird sort of. We didn't fit in, like, yeah. and it was considered real. And theatre sports, which is where I started, was considered really daggy by some people. And it's amazing how I've watched it now go through oh, yeah. the change, where everyone's an improviser now. Like, yeah, you know, everybody, because everyone goes, "Oh, whose lines it anyway?" Oh, yeah, great. Oh, this, like everybody can name but stuff. Everyone, everyone knows about the groundlings. Yeah, they know that's about right. Whereas City. back then, no one had a clue. And like yeah. when I went to Canada and was, um, I was doing Just for Laughs in. Um, now we're talking two thousand and one. And everyone here never was like, forget. why are you going? Yeah, never forget. <laughs> Good year. Um, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you know, what are you doing? And like, you're going, and I go, yeah, it's the Improv World Cup. Like, we're doing it, you know, in Montreal. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, whatever. See ya. And then to get over there and be in Canada and they find out that you're an improviser and you're part of the World Cup, we were treated like royalty. That's so, yeah, it's so funny because it was sort of just a uni. Yeah. Like, I, I remember it had that Im- impression. Not that I really went to uni long, but it, <laughs> it had that impression. Yeah, yeah, well, that was the outward impression as, oh, there's just a bunch of uni kids who are, you know, doing the uh, doing the review for the engineering yeah, right. department doesn't really cut it, so they do a bit more. Yeah, they just want the drink tickets at the end. Yeah. Which, I mean, we did. Um, and eventually, when I ran the theatre spots at Sydney Uni, I, you know, you just take the drink ticket book with you. <laughs> That's Thursday sorted. How good. <laughs> So who were, in those days, yeah. who who were you improvising with that we'd known Okay, now? so at uni, um, the likes of, I was so lucky just to be surrounded by a bunch of really creative people. And it's just one of those things where you find each other, you know. Yep. And so um, university, my generation was, we're talking about the Chaser guys. So we had Charles Firth, Craig Rewcastle, Chaz, um, all yeah. did theatre sports. Whatever happened to them? Yeah, whatever happened to them? Yeah. Um, Sarah Kendall uh, played wow. theatre sports. Tom Gleeson uh, played a, a bit. Um, another nobody. That another never, nobody. Like, look at them. Never turned into anything. <laughs> but even like our muso, um, we were doing a demo match during O Week one one um, time, and it was Rob Carlton was hosting, and he said, "Oh, this scene needs a. It's set in a piano bar. We need a. You know, does anyone play the piano? Because there was this piano off stage." And because it was our week and everybody was sozzled, like completely yeah. sozzled, we just hear this yep, and this bloke just puts his hand up and then walks towards the stage and he's barefoot. And we're all going, oh my God, this is going to be disastrous. Comes up onto the piano and just starts playing the most phenomenal, like, way, just skills and mate. And he's um, now Paul Kelly's keyboard player. So, oh, wow. You know, uh, yeah. yeah. So not only was it like that, just the people that were performing in that context that went on to do stuff but it was you know yeah, the a likes bunch of, of him creative people yeah. across the whole thing so so lucky and then when I, I I did a grand final of theater sports at Sydney Uni and Julia Zamiro was judging it and she is also from the Sydney Uni alumni of theater sports and so she said oh I feel like Sydney Uni is there's there's that very strong but especially with theater sports yeah the, yeah. the people that have come out of theater sports to mm. careers yeah. especially in the ABC that's that's 
sometimes called the uh, the Sydney Uni to ABC pipeline. Uh, <laughs> and then sometimes you hit a tunnel wall. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And But it's just because we were given the opportunities. Like they, yeah. they really encouraged us to do extracurricular stuff. And so she said to me at the end of the thing, oh, I want your team to play. I'm doing the Belfast Street Theatre theater Sports. I want your team to play. And I was like, uh, what? It's like, I've just started. And my teammate goes, I've already registered this. It's okay. Because he's he'd played and won the whole thing before. Oh, wow. So I then turned up to Belvoir Street. And so that was, you know, Rob Carlton, Adam Spencer. He was also at uni with us. Um, yeah, he was he was a debater. At he uni, was, wasn't he? yeah. And he did all the review. We did arts reviews together oh. uh, and everything. And because, you know, he was there for a long time. Well, he was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember going to a, uh, when I was in high school, I was in, like year 10 or whatever I was in the the river I was represented the Riverina in debating nice. and uh, yeah I remember coming up for the state debating in that was in Newcastle but then we got sent to a thing at like at Sydney Uni mm-hmm. and Adam Spencer was the yeah was the the speaker and he was held up and he was I don't know if he was quite doing Triple J breakfast at the time, or probably, he was just yeah, probably not. I reckon he was. It sounds like that because he was because he won best speaker at the world debating, and then because I heard him tell this story actually on a podcast. So this is what has reminded me. And then Triple J were doing a, an, a don't, an, don't a, mention other podcasts on this, please. <laughs> I don't want people to know. I didn't give the name away. So yeah, nobody will know. Good, good, good. Um, but he was, and it, it, so Triple J came to do a live broadcast from Sydney Uni. Yeah. And then they they had him on because he was, you know, the yeah. go-to guy. And that's when they said to him, "Oh, could you um, do the weather in like, but done in a numerologically like advanced way?" And yeah. he did it because he's an improviser because we did theatre sports. And he and just a genius used mathematician. That. Absolutely. And so you put those two skills together. And then from that, that's how he got the, um, oh, the spot wow. on Triple J. And myself and Chaz and Sarah Kendall, I remember we'd all take turns. We'd, he'd do mid-dawn shifts. And he'd say, do you want to come in and do the mid-dawn shift with me? And, we'd be, and I think it was just to keep him company because the hours were shocking. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> you know what? you got you got a few hours to yeah, fill. you got Why a few hours. You need someone to talk to. Yeah, that's right. And so, we would, and so we'd go in and just sit and do the mid-dawns with him and, you know, oh. chuck, on, chuck him some music and say, oh, you should play this. Or, you know, he'd talk to us briefly or whatever on the air and stuff. So, yeah. What a great way to get introduced to radio too yeah yeah. it was unreal and and it was free for like it wasn't a free for all like there were people listening but it was loose compared to well it's it's the low it's the low risk yeah yeah. sort of it's the good place to to make your mistakes and learn okay this is what you do that's what you don't do that's right and that's where and that's where i got my first um voiceover job when i was still at uni was when adam went to triple j and he said i want you can you record the voiceovers for me oh. so that was my very first that was my first sort of foray into it without thinking that that's something that i would you know End be doing. doing um and it was you know good old abc pay so you used to try it was per hour it was like 50 dollars for the hour or something so you'd always try Which, when and you're get at it. uni oh huge but you'd always just try and push it into the second hour just yeah, into <laughs> Good thing so you could get, like, you could buy groceries that it's, week, you know. Look, it's the arts, but it's still a public <laughs> service job. That's right. so, so, yeah, so it's funny because I hadn't really made that connection, but that's how it all kind of, oh, wow. that's how it all connected. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, was, I was curious because you have, like, I, we've been crossing paths for what, 10, 12 years yep. now. Yeah. But you were an established entity when I started comedy. And I was, I was thinking on the drive in, I was like, I don't actually know 
your story mm. of how you got mm. started. So was was that your entry point through the? Yeah, yeah it was through that. And, and they also had Sydney Uni also started that year a, a stand up comedy competition called Five Minute Noodles, and everybody had five minutes. Oh, heavy. and you could do whatever you wanted. And Adam hosted it, and um, and we were actively encouraged by the 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 Sydney University Union to to participate because they wanted to get people involved. So they were like. We need, you know, um, people to enter at least the first week. Can yeah. you please do it? So we're like, yeah, yeah, no worries. We were used to getting up on that stage. And so I, I jumped up and that's where Sarah jumped up and that's where Tom, we saw Tom Gleeson for the first time um, wow. doing stand-up. And so that it was fr- sort of from there that we all, through the combination of theatre sports and that, we all went, oh, hang on, this is something that we want to pursue. And the reviews were another outlet. And it was interesting because when I was doing improv, it was like, this feels like home. This is this is my bag. This is what yeah. I should be doing. And it was really interesting to, to watch Sarah and Tom sort of go in the, in the stand-up direction. But we were always very much sort of, you know, working together, um, but just in different sort of fields. And then we got put together as a sketch comedy group with Subby Valentine. Oh wow! Um, down at the old Harold Park, yeah. and um, it was um, Andrew Taylor got us together, and said, "Get a sketch comedy group. There's no live sketch happening, so why don't you get a, a troupe together?" And he was representing Tom, Sarah, and Subby at the time, and they said, "Oh, you've got to get back. We've just done the reviews with her at uni and everything." And he said, "Okay, I'll, I'll take whoever you want. No idea who I was." And that we started doing that. We started doing late shows at the Harold Park Hotel. Oh wow! And so, sort of from that, from doing that, and then also playing theatre sports at Belvoir, it just became a, you get to know a lot of people, you get to be familiar with comedians, they say, hey, do you want to do this? So it was, I always say it was like an apprenticeship because mm. you learnt on the job, like someone has got, oh, I want to do this short film, come and do something for it or whatever. But I think that's the only way, like I, I love when people ask you, you know, say, oh, how do, how do you get into comedy? How do you get into yeah. stand-up? Because you yeah. just, there's no other way than starting. Than doing it, you've got to yeah. do it. Because you can talk about it as much as you want. And yeah. you can take as many classes as you want. But unless you're up there trying it, and we know that like when it comes to playing a new room for the first time or you know, you might have some new gear that you want to try and you yeah. like in your head it sounds like it's working, but until you have an audience reaction or until you've stepped on that stage and know what the venue's like, you've got no idea. Also, the time pressure of when they're sitting there staring at you, the mm. amount of words you thought you were going to say yep. compared to what actually comes out of your mouth is sometimes very different. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, no, no, no. I need to cut to the point here. Like, it's just that I, I have to, yeah... I never know how it's going to come out the first couple of times mm. until I'm doing it in front of the mm-hmm. the audience and then just trying to find it. Like yeah. I write as yeah. much as I can, yeah. but it's still, you've got to find it in the room. That's exactly right. And, and, that, and that was the thing with, with improv. It was sort of, it, it became my sort of thing. And then we did comedy festivals and everything with improv shows. So that my first, you know, and Laugh of Palooza, we did the Melbourne Fringe. That was the name of the sketch show. Uh, 1998 was my first like Melbourne oh, wow. Fringe. But then I did my first Melbourne Comedy Festival's Adelaide Fringes and everything from, say, you know, maybe sort of from 2000 kind of onwards. And that's um, where you got, we got to meet all comedians. And we would yeah. get a lot of comedians to come on our um, improv shows, like to be special guests or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because as much as comedians think they're sometimes too cool for it, they, they all, like, yep. I, like you, secretly you're like, oh, that, that actually looks like a bit of fun. Yeah, exactly. And the idea of being up there not on your own when it mm. starts to <laughs> but and that's what i'm missing at the moment it's interesting because i'm kind of with stand-up i'm like mm, 
I'm missing the camaraderie of an improv troupe or an improv team or just even a duo. I'm yeah. kind of missing that working with someone else on stage. So I'm um, in in the in my mind next year. I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm going to drag someone up with me and do like two-handed improv stuff because I think it's time to get back to oh wow like kind of what I do best, which you know a lot of stand-up audiences haven't seen me do what I really do. What you what you your stand-up though you incorporate a lot of your improv yeah. skills into yeah. that. One of my favorite things you do is the um, the Shakespeare yeah. thing, which just blows my mind <laughs> um, in terms of just even you remembering all the details you're getting out of the audience yeah yeah and that came from um we did an improv show when the comedy store moved from um crystal street in petersham to moore park we were asked um to do a weekly improv show so every thursday night we would do a a improv show and we would get whoever was because it was there was always just a headliner for the week and whoever was headlining would come and be our special guest on our show and so the whole show was geared towards them being the star and you know um, and we and that came from SNL style. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so we got them. Um, we did a segment, a, a thing that was a, a, a was a blind date, and we'd ask a guy some information, and we'd ask you know information about you know what the female character and everything, and then they would meet, and it was myself and a, uh, a Murray Fay who would or would play the blind date or Marco Mustak, and we'd play the blind date using those characteristics. And when I was doing stand up, I went, "There's something in that that I could do solo." Mm. And then I've always like loved improvising Shakespeare, so I thought I'm going to put that together. But I'll tell the story instead of how they meet, yes. and go to a you know real couple, ask them these questions. How did you meet? All these like odd questions to throw in there, and then improvise their their relationship. Yeah, well, this is called crowd work cast because I I I've always liked doing crowd work. I'm mm. probably doing less of it now than I've ever done, mm. just because. You know, you get to a point where you're like, no, 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 you need to be able to, you got to write and you got to do, like, I just want to work on the stand-up skills a bit yeah. more. But um, but watching, crowd work's another one of those things. Like, the the internet's awash with clips at the moment. It of is, yeah. Comedians yeah. doing crowd work. And look, there's a range of good to horrendous. But um, that that, you doing that, to me, is the interesting, taking those questions mm. which is kind of the idea of this podcast was i i, I want to see start just with the very basic you know where you're from yeah. you know that sort of stuff and see where you can go in a conversation mm, mm. um and admittedly you know most of these people most of the people that have been guests i know so yeah. i know some interesting questions I've, oh, some questions i've wanted to ask them for a while yeah, at least yeah. um but that to me that's that's something that's where you're doing something with crowd work asking those sort of mm. oh how'd you meet like mm. all those mm. questions and then taking it somewhere completely different to yeah. anything else i've seen and what i love is i've seen you do that bit oh so many times so many times <laughs> but it's different every time yeah and i always for me it's like watching like i like <laughs> you ever gig with a magician yeah yeah and you just sit at the end just go oh, i don't know where that came from like i i i'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to that sort of stuff do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, like I'm, i, do, I yeah. am still a bit like a 10 year old and i love sitting watching because especially you know i host a lot and we've done a lot at the store where you know i'm hosting and watching you and i always like i'll get backstage sometimes by the end of the weekend you've seen everyone set mm, a few times mm. and so you know you're just clicking on your phone or whatever i always found myself listening how's she gonna pull this out <laughs> like I'd, I'd listen to the questions that yeah, you're asking yeah. and their story and so like yeah the other thing is you would you would do normal-ish crowd work with 
the story. So mm. you'd have you'd have your gags. You'd go yeah, somewhere with it. You yeah. wouldn't just go, wait, from, okay, I need these three details. Thank yeah. you. And here we go. Yeah, yeah. It was, boom, normal yeah. crowd work. And then at the end was this amazing trick where you just brought it all together. Brought it together. And sometimes I shoot myself in the foot with the doing the crowd work with them when I'm asking the questions. Sometimes I make a joke and I go, damn, you should have saved that for in the Shakespeare part. I was going to ask you, yeah, how do you decide yeah. which goes in the Shakespeare well, Because you want to finish can't. strong. Yeah, because the whole thing is like, people always say like, so what do you, and I go, you can't think. If you think, you stuff you're it stuck. up. Yeah. So you've got to kind of just let it happen. And so if it does, it doesn't mean that I'm not thinking, oh, you should have saved that because that could have really worked at something else. But it challenged in the same instant. I'm actually thinking, okay, then game on, try and think of something, another gag relating to that moment. Nice. So, so you kind of, you can't look at it as a, oh, you can be disappointed, but the challenge I set myself then is to try and up it and come come up with a second gag relating to that answer or that response or whatever. Yeah, and, that's and audiences what love you. a callback too. So if you can get that yeah. second gag and then the callback, yeah, 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 explosions and in the room. That's right, that's right. And so you just got to, and that's why I say it's stream of consciousness stuff. You've just got to let it out because the moment you start thinking about it, that's, you'll lose yeah, it. Yeah. That trust you have in your brain mm, is. Mm. Is and it's like I know when I've been doing when you're comfortable and you're doing a lot of crowd work, that's when you give yourself the chance. Because the amount of times I've listened to clips back and just go, oh, you could have, if you just stay listen. Mm. That's what when people, uh, the the one thing whenever anyone's asked me what you know, how do how do you reckon what the key to, um, crowd work is? Is my tip is always what I always think I didn't do well enough when Mm. I listen back when I listen to it back is I didn't listen to the answer because you're trying to think to get to the. And that, and when I, your brain gets in the way, yeah, totally. And it'll it'll it manifests um, in what I do. In if I can't remember their names, I remember every other detail about their life, their job, their occupation, the three words they use to describe their partner, and I can remember all of that. But then, is it Jeff or Jim? Like because it seems but, like the simplest thing goes out first this because is you've got all I've, this other stuff to retain. I think we've had this. I've asked you this question: yeah. is How do you remember their name? Because yeah. that, for me, mm. I'll literally go to someone in the crowd. You know, is there? You know, oh yeah, we'll start chatting to someone. Oh, what's your name, mate? Yeah. And then as soon as they say their name, I go, Oh, Jeff. All right, and that is just gone yeah. from my brain, gone, and I'll gone. never. I think the amount of times I've said to someone backstage, do you remember the name of the, the, the electrician I was the talking same. to at the start? What did same. you say his name was? It's just... And, and the older I get, the, the worse it's getting. Um, but I do tend to now, if they're two names that aren't distinct, because sometimes they're really distinct names and you just yeah. go, I'm going to remember that. Or there's a bit of a... That might be Mike and Michelle. Alliteration's easier. Uh, but now I just make sure that every time I ask the next question, I use their name. Yes. So that's a that's a, so I say so. So that so someone Michelle, in the audience remembers. Yeah. Oh, the number of times <laughs> I've had them go, it's Sarah, Me not too. Sasha. Like, oh my god, it's like <laughs> say to the audience, listen, there's a lot going on oh, up no, here. That's right. Wait, just give me another five minutes, yeah. and I guarantee you'll figure out why I was like bombarded I, with ideas. I said one. I just said one night because I think it was about the second name I'd got wrong, and someone in the audience corrected me. I just went, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just getting to the next bit. Yeah, that's right. Just go, hold on a minute. Just give, us, know, give me a break. His name's not important. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm talking. That's right. And plus, none of you remember my name at the end of the night. Yeah, yeah. No one remembers the comedian's name. They no, always come up, I just, that guy. I really like the guy that did the thing <laughs> about the. Yeah, that's right. So, or when they come up to the one that really baffles me is when they come up to you afterwards and they go, oh, I loved your joke about this. And you joke about this, and it's one joke's your joke, and one joke someone completely yep. different. Yep. And it's like it's not like sometimes for me, like you know, there's there's a few, uh, like you know, white 
middle-aged white guys wearing just a jeans few. Just um, a few. that you'll see around. So if they confuse <laughs> us, but sometimes it's completely like, yeah. like how have what you confused you me with her? Like that is, <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Good right. joke, so that's I'll take right. it. Like I don't, but I'm, depending I'm, on the joke, I don't correct it. Yeah. Like I'll just let them go. Yeah, uh, if, uh, yeah, I like yeah that was too. a good one too. Yeah, yeah mate, I agree. Give me a follow. Took, you want more of that? Took the afternoon off when I wrote that one. Mate, you want more of that? Give me a follow. Come see Michelle. It's full of that sort of stuff. That's right. Here's a flyer. But you mentioned that you're you're steering away from um, the crowd work and mm. stuff. Do you feel a pressure to do that? Only from myself. Yeah. Okay. Because it's got. I got to the point where. So I went through a phase um, where when my so without getting too deep into it, when my youngest bloke was crook. Um, for anyone listening <laughs> this is a revelation he was he's fine now yeah. but he went through a stage where he was he was pretty crook and he had two years and we were in and out of hospitals and yeah. stuff and but all good all good now but during that time i could i didn't have the mental space to write a lot yeah. but i needed to keep gigging because that was the only time i wasn't thinking about it. like i didn't yeah. there was just like you when you know when you're on stage your brain just breathe goes, and it's a chance to breathe funnily yeah. enough even though the opposite is kind of like the tension but it's a chance yeah. to just breathe it's yeah. that thing where yeah when you first start there's nothing more tense than when you're on stage but then once you're used to being on stage your brain that your brain goes to a different place where there's mm-hmm. you're not thinking about all the mm-hmm. worries of life you're just thinking about this you're in this moment yeah so i was doing that but because i wasn't writing mm-hmm. a lot um because i couldn't really write at that didn't have the bandwidth to write anything i um I was just super bored with all my material. So I used to just go out and go, well, I'd challenge myself and I was hosting a lot. So it made sense. So I would go out and go, I will do as long as I can before I have to go to material. I'm going to just see how far I can go. I remember doing a a gig at um, a room that Sam Bowring ran briefly at um, Camelot Lands in Marrickville. Mm. I remember doing the gig and I maybe did one joke all night and he comes up to me afterwards. He goes, mate, your crowd work has got so good. You're just like, and yeah. I said, oh, he goes, how, like, where's this come from? I said, oh, Sam, I am so tired of my material. Yeah, I just need yeah. to say anything else. Yeah. So that's how, I, and, but then I was like, okay, well now I'm at the point where I'm tired and I just want to keep writing. Mm-hmm. And cause you don't want to, I, I also don't want to just yeah. be good at one and it's, thing. And it's like flexing another muscle too. Yeah. Like it's, you know, you know, you, it's now it's time for leg day. You know, you've done, yeah, exactly. you've done arms, it's time for leg day. I get that. I get that. And the other thing is I found when I was doing lots of um, crowd work and it was going well, I was most comfortable when I had good material that I knew I could go to and I knew it well enough that um, the way I describe it is knowing the the all the exit and entry ramps to your jokes so where's the latest point i can get onto this joke Mm, mm. and where's the quickest point i can get off so i can do is whatever length of crowd work and as soon as it starts to go i'm starting to hit that dead end Mm. i'm half a question from getting myself back to material and then that's the magic trick then okay yeah then we're out so yeah 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 no that's that's interesting because i because it's funny because i'm in that same situation with the shakespeare bit um it's one of those things where you know if you're doing a particular gig you want to kill i'll go i'll do that bit yeah so i'm now trying to challenge myself to do another improv bit that's similar like it's not it's not a shakespeare or anything and i i was on at the store and i told everyone i was going to do it on the thursday night just to be accountable because i yes. always because once you get up on stage and everyone's laughing and everything you're like 
I'll just slay them yeah, now you with know the what? bit I know that it will kill. Yeah, why waste why waste a hot crowd exactly, at the comedy Exactly, exactly. But I made I told everyone to keep make me accountable yes. and for me to do it. And I did it on the Thursday night and like How'd it, we, go? it it went well. It went well. But I realised, like we said, you have to get up and do it to realise it. I went, it doesn't have an ending. Like yes. it went really well, but there was no finite way for me to wrap it up. I get that because I'll often I'll get started on a new bit or whatever, and then get excited about yeah. the jokes that are on the way. And before I, because I get excited, I forget to finish it yeah. when I'm writing. And yeah. then I, you get on stage and you're like three. Okay, there's the three. Get oh shit. Yeah, I haven't rounded this out. Needs, I've got to need, conclude. Just the needs thought. a little bow on top, you know, because it's like I, I go with for a single person now. Rather than couples, and I ask what qualities they're looking for in a partner. Oh, and then I, like I this. and then I do a film noir where I play the detective and all these like yes. you know plants and everything to, on the search for the person with all these qualities. Tell me, it's like is it that film noir? Like you know, she walked in. Yeah, I, knew so she was I, trouble. I was sitting in my office. It was eight fifteen p.m. I'd had a long day, and then I and then yes. I play the femme fatale that comes out. You know, like I just gotta tell you, I got a guy. He's looking for a girl with, and then rattle that's off the things. So good. Go to the docks and find the informant. I, that's I've only done it the once, so it's that's that's where it went. But I think the structure of it works. But yeah, it just didn't have an because like with the the Shakespeare, I do a, a set of rhyming couplets using yeah, yeah. their names, and it's like full stop, like exclamation point. You know? Yeah, that is the story of. That's yeah. the story. But this needs it just doesn't have. You're gonna have to watch a bunch of film noir. Oh, what a shame. I love detective. those movies. Yeah, yeah, I love those movies. I'm she fucking Gams for days. <laughs> yeah. I love the I love the turn of phrase in those. Yeah. That's just I'm so excited to see this yeah. bit now. And I think and I said I said something along the lines of she had legs that went all the way to her hips. <laughs> yes. I it love just those came out. I was like, holes. that's a really strange description. Like, you know, that's went those, for days or when anything. You, yeah, yeah. When you hear that, oh, she, her legs went all the way to the ground. Yeah. It's like well, it's don't everyone's <laughs> <laughs> but there were all those yeah. old sayings that, like my grandfather had a million like sayings yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. The if you examined them too, too much, that all oh, they were so logical. Like he, you'd go to him, oh, is it what's it? Is it Wednesday today? You go, yep, all day and half the night. <laughs> Just he had a thousand of them, and I love it. And I don't know that people have those anymore. Yeah. So bring it back. Bring with the it film back. Okay, and I'm gonna make. And I think the challenge is to because with the Shakespeare, I do an animal, so that's my fun part in it is to play the animal but I think in this it'll be trying to come up with a, a metaphors oh, like that are so like good. really long winded yeah, and stupid yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yeah. that sound like they could fit that, in one that of those people movies go, oh yes people go that sounds ridiculous she but it's an old a, film that's why she did have a nose in the centre of her face yeah, <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. oh I love that alright well I'm excited to come see that at some stage so if people are listening and they want to come see see you live mm-hmm. or they want to follow you on Instagram give everything you've got a plug okay, right now hey I'm on Twitter uh, it's um, just you know I'm the only Rebecca Dana Muno on there you'll find me um, I'm on Twitter uh, Instagram it's be- uh, Denumero Uno on Instagram I love that <laughs> name by the way Denumero Uno. Uno Rebecca Dana Muno uh, on um, Facebook um, gigs oh my goodness um, I'm hosting a charity gig uh, I should say this week. won't be out for a few weeks okay then forget you that the charity oh, you missed the charity oh, gig. Guys, oh my goodness! Do but I'm something. doing a few. Help. I'm doing a few um, Christmas uh, shows with uh, a list Christmas. I think shows. I'm doing a so, few of those too. Brilliant! Well, so I'll see I'm, you there. I'm looking forward to seeing the film noir bit. <laughs> Ew, I don't know. Yes. Okay, I will. Do um, I'll do the intro. In the intro, I will plug everything you got on yep. Yep. that week. So I'll t- chat to you about that. But um, other than that, thank you so much for coming on. Please Fun. give Beck a follow. Um, check her out whenever you get the opportunity to go see her. And if you're single, um, oh get your God. answers ready. Yes. 
Uh, or, or I thought you meant date me. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, hey, she's a catch. I'm happy for that too. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks. Mate.